How are we doing this morning? Woo! You guys doing great? Man, I'm so ready to dive into this. I love what Pastor Jeremy was saying about how well the outreach went yesterday. We just loved on a ton of people from the community. And that's what church is all about. Amen? And we start reaching, we stop reaching out and stop showing the love of Christ to those around us. Man, we might as well just close the doors. You know what I mean? But I praise God for our church. I praise God for everybody that showed up to help serve with the outreach. We reached a lot of people. And here's what's great. The whole thing, ladies and gentlemen, was 100% paid for before we did the outreach. How awesome was that? That is awesome. It's awesome. I told everybody last week, I said, hey, if we pay for this thing today, then I'll do a happy dance and like put it on camera or something. Well, we didn't pay for it that day, so I ain't doing any happy dancing for you. So, but, but we did get it paid for later in the week, so I praise God for that, man. Above and beyond our normal tithes and offerings to the church, we were able to make that happen. Why are y'all doing all that fundraising? Well, here's why, because we had to fix a septic system, which is kind of important to any public venue. When people got to go, they need to be able to go with confidence. Amen? That's an important thing. So we dropped a lot of money fixing that, and it hit the budget. But then we said, you know what? That's just a bump in the road. We rise above that stuff and still do what God's called us to do. And I watched our church come together in a beautiful way to make that happen. So praise God for each and every person that gave, for each and every person that served, made a huge impact on our community. And we just can't wait to see the fruit that's produced because of that. Everybody watching online, glad that you're tuning in and watching this today. Hit that like button and that share button so we can reach people. And hey, don't feel like you just have to watch what's happening. You can participate in the service today where you are. Go to slido.com, throw in that key code and ask questions. If you notice, you guys, when you hop onto Slido, you'll see that you have the ability to like the questions that are on there, that's going to be incredibly important today. So if you're not on Slido right now, take a second, get your phone out and go to slido.com and log in because the questions to get the most votes are going to be the ones that rise to the top and those are going to be the ones that we will address today. So the questions that don't get votes won't get answered today. So it's real important that you participate with that. It's also important that you ask some questions because if you don't, we're going to be out of here in like five minutes. And that'll be great to get in line, but it's going to be sorry for the service today. You know what I mean? So uh, you guys awake? Yeah. Two people are awake. Oh, my gosh. We need coffee in this place or something. You guys awake? Yeah. All right. I'm picking at you. Half of you are looking at your phone right now, so you're focused on that. I get it. So let's have some fun. Let's dive into this stuff. Uh, I'm glad you dressed up for today, Pastor Jeremy. Yeah. You're looking good, man. Thanks, man. Oh, I got a mic. There you go. Yeah, that works. thanks, man. <laughs> so let's dive into this. Hey, if y'all will, before we get too far into this, let's be praying for Pastor Kelly. She had to go home today. She was a trooper and thought she would show up, uh, even though she wasn't feeling 100% this morning. She did kids camp last week, got home, crashed for the night, got back up, and then helped with the... Uh, the back-to-school outreach yesterday, and that girl just depleted herself. She's just wiped out right now, so let's be praying for her. Sweetheart, if you're watching, I love you, but I know you're probably asleep, so you'll be seeing this later. Um, so we pray for uh, Pastor Rachel recovering yes. from surgery. True. So she's doing well, so our thoughts are with her. So if you're watching, Rachel, appreciate you. Enjoy those tasty cakes that you got. Yeah. Don't y'all think she should share the tasty cakes? No. I, th I just think Somebody Pastor Josh should get surgery. That's what, that's what Rachel if said. If I really wanted, I should get surgery. Lord yeah. have mercy. You'll get 150 pounds. It's a mess. So this is going to be a different kind of service today. It's not going to be your traditional preaching. It's going to be laid back. It's going to be real interactive, man. So can y'all help us out and be with us today while we're doing this? Yes. Hey, if you're a guest here today, welcome. Glad you're here at Eastgate Church. Um, take your shoes off, relax. Your family, you're at home. And uh, hopefully God's speaking to you already. And we pray that he just blows you away with his presence through the service today. Let's dive into some of this stuff. What do you say? Can I, can I say one thing? Everybody listening, I'm reading some of these. If we answer them, you can't get mad at us for the answer. Okay? Oh, snap. All right. I love you guys. We love you. But if you want it answered, we will answer. All right. So All here right. we go. All right. Cool. Let's start with an easy one. Um, can you be liberal and a Christian at the same time? 
<laughs> Who wrote that? Uh, I love you. An a Annie, Annie, Annie Mouse? I don't know. Annie, Annie Mouse? A Annie Mouse wrote that. Can you be liberal? Can you be a liberal and a Christian at the same yes. time? Um, who was, Angel, you, you were talking about wanting to answer questions this morning. You should do that. I love that question. I tell you what, you're going to probably see that become a very hot topic as we get closer to midterm elections, especially this year with uh, the recent decision of Roe versus Wade being rescinded by the Supreme Court at the federal level. My goodness, this, uh, this upcoming election is going to be something fun. I love questions like this because they bait you. Like, can you be X or O? Can you be a liberal and a Christian at the same time? Um, I don't like the way it kind of boxes you into having to pick either or. There's, there's, there's two, two approaches to this that are correct. Um, it depends on your maturity level as a Christian initially, okay? So you take somebody who was born into a family um, that... Um, just hopped on the, the liberal ideology train, and they were raised in that, and that's the culture they were taught in and the point of view that they were raised in. And then they come to church one Sunday, they get saved, and they begin the process of growth and maturity in their relationship with God. How many of y'all, the day that you got saved, like began to glow in the dark, perfect, never had an issue with sin ever again, Never had to deal with past issues and hurts in life. Like it was just bam, like a brand new suit you put on. You were just looking good spiritually. No problems at all. Yep. I don't see a hand up in here. And you guys I watching. I did, but I sinned then. So. Yeah. yeah. So, so there you go. <laughs> so, uh, so we're all in the progress of growth. So I think if you're a maturing Christian as you're going through that, I think it's possible. Yeah, to, to be working out of that point of view and into your relationship with Jesus. Um, sooner or later, you've got to come to a point of accountability with Scripture. And once you come into uh, the knowledge of truth, then you're accountable to the truth that this um, appeared before you. Here's what I'd say. Eventually, you're going to have to come to terms with the platforms of the liberal movement. And I'll just pick out a couple of them. I say platforms because that's very important. Because at the end of the day, you have to sift through the emotional talking points on either side or uh, the political parties, um, and you have to get to the platforms. What are they going to do? What do they believe? What do they value? And at the end of the day, the liberal agenda is completely in contradiction to the Word of God. I mean completely. You might be able to find some gray areas in there, but let's just take a couple of them. One, uh, the, the embracing of homosexuality, um, the, um, the promotion of abortion, I think, would be another one. And I'll be honest with you, I have yet to meet a liberal liberal that was wholeheartedly in that party that loved Jesus and really love the church. I've seen a lot of liberals that go to church that are, that are sideways with the church. So they'll call themselves Christians if they're always criticizing what the church is doing. I'll say. So um, long story short, I'd say in the beginning, you got some wiggle room to grow into it, but you're going to have to come to a point of accountability with the Word of God. And because of what the liberal agenda promotes that's in contradiction to the Word of God, as sooner or later, you've just got to say, oil and water do not mix. I'm either going to stick with a political stance and point of view, or I'm going to land on the truth of the Word of God. And uh, so I hope you land on the truth of the Word of God. So in the beginning, wiggle room. Later on, you're going to have to draw a line. There's just no way. You can play both sides of that. So make sense? Pretty good answer? Yes. I talked a lot. I'll let you do some of the next ones. No, so I, no that was good. I didn't want to answer that one. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I love it. People get so tense with this stuff. I got a lot of yeah. pastor buddies that are scared to do these kind of services, and I'm like, why? Like, what if they ask questions that are crazy? And I'm like, so? You know? So in my mind. They might need to know. Right. You know, we're, 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 right. So we're just having like a, a living room conversation yeah. with our online viewers. Y'all can be like the nosy neighbors peeking through the windows, I guess, while we're talking in, in the living room. And uh, we're just talking stuff. 
And if we got answers, we'll give great answers. If I can't give you a good answer today, I'll say, you know what? We'll come back to that next week, and I'll give you a very complete answer to whatever the questions are. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Let's see. This is just super sweet, so I'll do this one. How did Eastgate get so lucky to have people, have the people we have leading us asking for a friend? Um, money. Lots of money. Okay. Okay, that was an easy one. Yeah, yeah that was that easy. Be, yeah. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we calling. A, yeah, calling, calling is good. We have a really good guy have, who's really gracious. For and sure. we have a really awesome church. So. Really awesome church. I will say this. This yes. is not a shameless plug, but I will say this. We've got some of the best staff and leaders around, around, I'm telling you. And they are, they are listening to God, and we are putting our church into a position to be able to impact our community like never before, rebounding from COVID, getting back into a groove and a rhythm. And I'm, I'm praising God for what I'm seeing happen um, visibly and behind the scenes, too. And God's dust, he's doing a lot of stuff here yeah. at the church for sure. I agree. Let's see. Reading down. How do we pray to get an Auburn fan to become a G? You don't. You don't. A G don't? No, I said you don't. Oh, you don't. Pray to get an Auburn fan to become a Georgia fan. That's stupid. Um, so, Darkness and light have nothing in common, yeah. man. What are you talking about? I mean, it's just I'll darker to darker, isn't it? It's like a weirder darker. It's like, it's like dark black to jet black. Miss Loretta, will you tell them what it's about? Miss Loretta. Yeah. Roll time. Hey, it's getting close. It's uh, getting close. It is. Football season's getting closer. I can't wait. Good. Okay, I like this one. Why did Jesus have to go through the beating? Wasn't the crucifixion enough? Because mm. mm. he's a soldier. Yep. He's a soldier. Uh, short answer, fulfillment of prophecy. Um, Every, every lash he took, every punch he absorbed, it was all for the fulfillment of Scripture, all for the fulfillment of prophecy. Um, if for no other reason than to just make the gospel airtight and irrevocable, to be honest with you, um, the amount of prophecies that Jesus fulfilled in Scripture during his life, unbelievable. Mathematically, it is impossible for someone to have done that. And so those things help lay the foundation to promote the validity of what Jesus did on the cross. So, yeah, fulfilling prophecy to point a clear picture in, uh, in Scripture of who Jesus was and what he was doing. So, yeah. All right. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Um, hashtag same. All right. All right. Let's see. There was one I just saw, and I'm trying to find it so I don't kill it okay there it is i had a bad experience at the church i used to go to i'm pretty sure i'm done with church someone told me i can be a christian and not do church is that true wow first of all let me invite you to eastgate church yes. you're gonna love it here yes my lord this is definitely a church for someone like that you got anything you want to say before yes um that? i'll say it and you might have to love it up um so, can you go to heaven and not do church? Yeah. You're going to miss out on a lot. You're going to miss out on a lot that God's, that God's set up for you and a lot that God has for you. And here's, here's the other thing. Um, if you've had a bad experience at church, um, listen, God can heal that, and God can grow that, and God can call you to a place that's different. But can I just encourage um, you that... that we're all people, and we're all on a journey. So if you've had a bad experience, you've just had a human experience, and it has nothing to do with church. And see, that's where it really, that's the issue right there. So that's, whoever asks that question, it's when you get to right there that that starts hurting. Because you have bad experiences everywhere you go, but most of the time we go back um, with very few exceptions. I mean, there's still restaurants I swore I'd never eat at right now. And if my kids ask for it, I'll go drive them to it right now. And so we like to do that at church because we feel like that if we blame it on the church, it excuses what's going on inside of us. Oh my goodness. And so what normally is going on inside of us is there's a lot of hurt. And so it's not church you should be avoiding. Um, it, it's, it's the hurt that you have that you should be letting God heal. Yeah. And then 
what happens is you'll start to look at church a little bit differently because you'll start to say, hey, that person is, is a little messed up too. And they said something that hurt me, but you know, that's because they're imperfect. But I also just said something that did that to that person. And we're, we're on a journey. And so we can all heal with each other or we can push each other out. And so what's happening in our culture, does it, let me ask you, show of hands, who thinks it's a good life right now to live it alone? Who thinks it's a good idea to find someone that doesn't believe like you do and no, nobody? Okay, so when I put it like that, it makes a lot more sense. Does that make sense? I, I, I don't want it to sound like such a harsh rebuke, but mm. it, it's more so what will happen when you start seeing that as there is an issue in your life that God is trying to uncover yeah. and you have a decision to make. And so, yes, you can go to heaven without doing church. I highly agree. I, I highly suggest you don't because I've never met a single person that said, you know, I'm just going to do this my own way that still even cares a single stint about God. So, yeah, no, that, that's good. You can, you can limp around for a little while without connecting to the body of Christ for sure. I guess, I guess if you're concerned about following the Lord, I guess a question I would ask would be, okay, well, if you love Jesus, do you love Scripture? You probably, yeah, you know, and you want to be obedient to the word that God gave us to live our life by. Um, but in Hebrews, it says pretty clearly to do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You can't get around that. Um, sooner or later, you're going to have to come to that truth, and you're going to have to submit yourself to the word of God. Um, being hurt by people, being hurt by God's two different things. I'd ask another question, too. I wonder if you've ever hurt or disappointed somebody in your life. You know, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes, man. So I wouldn't let, number one, the enemy deceive you into buying into that excuse. Number two, um, to take that as, as a cop-out. A lot of people do that circumvent accountability to the Word of God. Heal and forgive, like Scripture says, and get involved in church, like Scripture says. A little popular thing going around right now that says, well, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian you're not going to last very long that way. This is what I know, that not everybody that's in church is in Christ, but everybody who is in Christ will be a part of his church that's true. without fail. So, uh, so yeah, he'll restore, and uh, you're going to need to be connected. You're not going to last long. You're going to die spiritually. Jesus loved his church. He did a lot for it yeah. and spoke a lot about it. And, and you know, I, I'll kind of period this with a question for, for you what is the call of your life and what is the the purpose of God missing out on because you're deciding to do life alone? Because there is something. There's someone that's not getting something because God has you called to do something as well. Yeah. And so I encourage you. He cared a lot about his church. He sent his spirit and birthed the church, and he said no gates will prevail against it. And so I think that means that he thinks it's probably not going to be perfect, but he loves it. I just, I kind of want to preach a little bit too. Yeah, come on. I mean, it, it just honestly, and I know it's us and you guys watching online, but just, just for the sake of talking, I mean, can we, at the end of the day, just let's grow up just a little bit? You know what I mean? They hurt my feelings. I don't want to participate. Where does that work anywhere else in life and not look like a child? I mean, really. So let's get some thick skin about us, too, I think, and, and move on. So that, let's, what's the next yeah. one? I want to start preaching on go. this stuff. All right. Here's a good one. Um, penalty for treason and crimes against humanity is death. How does that line up with Scripture? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, to answer this correctly, it's going to take a minute and a half. I'll give you a concise answer. All right. First of all. Um, does God take a position on which he agrees with capital punishment? If you look in Genesis 9, um, I believe it is, you will see that um, he fully endorses that and did in the Old Testament. Actually gave command to the people of Israel um, to do that. Um, you don't see a lot in the New Testament. I say not a lot. You really don't see anything in the New Testament that clearly contradicts that. Um, 
you see pictures of Jesus standing before Pilate, um, mentioning you know that Pilate would not have the authority of law over him if his father hadn't given him that authority of law. So Jesus kind of submitted to that, um, knowing that he was going to be executed. But that's not really 100% clear. Paul, later on in Scripture, I think made an argument, and he said, hey, if I've done anything worthy of death, then go ahead and execute me. But I know that I haven't. So that was definitely in the culture. You don't see them contradicting that. That's one of those tricky ones um, that will probably lead to a whole lot of follow-up questions. You see God implementing it, I think, um, because you don't see anything clearly debunking that or ending that in the New Testament. It probably carries over. I would add that capital punishment is probably correct, scripturally providing that the process of justice was correct, leading to the sentencing. Um, so you'd have to you have to wade through that too. There's a lot of people that get convicted of crimes that they don't commit, and a lot of people have died on death row that were innocent. Um, I think DNA evidence fixed a lot of that, but not all of it. So the process to justice has got to be clear, so that justice is clearly being executed uh, upon people. Um, but you have a God though who uh, gives us an opportunity to receive the grace of Jesus, and if we deny that and walk away from it, then we have the reality of hell and the lake of fire that, um, that we have to endure as a result of denying Jesus. So there's consequence to that. So I think fundamentally the foundation is there. Uh, New Testament's kind of cloudy, but it doesn't really contradict what the Old Testament lays into effect um, as far as capital punishment goes. Corporate, yeah. So... That's a, a short answer. Boy, you could spend a while digging into that because there's a lot of different facets. So True. probably created more questions than I didn't answer, but, but yeah, scripturally, that's what you're looking at. Now, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think it was good. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just looking at this. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this one. I think this would be a good, good one. How do I submit to my husband and follow what God has put on my heart when the two <laughs> are not aligning? Um, do you want to start that, or you want me to take it for a minute? Okay, how do I, what was the question again? How do I submit to my husband and follow what God has put on my heart when the two are not aligning? Okay. Um, boy, there's so many blanks in there that need to be filled in. Okay. Assuming that your husband is a man of God, um, then what you're going to need to do, y'all got to talk, and y'all got to pray together a lot, okay? Uh, what is the thing that, that's on your heart that you feel like you need to do that your husband's not in alignment with? Those are questions that need to be answered, I think. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to trust God's process. And if God is legitimately leading you to do this, if your husband is a man of God, he is going to hear from God okay, and fall in line with God's plan. Um, so you've got to trust that process. Now, if your husband is not spiritually where he needs to be and y'all are bumping heads, there's, there's scripture that comes into play there too. Um, you still need to submit. You still need to respect scripturally i think in first peter it talks about that when the marriage is unbalanced um, your role does not change even if they don't participate in their role whether you're the husband or the wife um, to submit to honor to respect to love and through that scripture says that you can win over your spouse to the lord um, so patience patience and trust that process um, have those conversations. And if he's a man of God, pray. He'll land on that. If it's really God, pray. Okay? Um, and there's this, without knowing all the facets of that, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to give somebody like a concrete answer that they can walk into and say, ha, pastor said this. Pastor doesn't know all of that situation. So, and I don't know how long that's been going on. It could be that the husband says, I appreciate you. I know you think you can dance, but you're not going to go down to Fanny's on Fulton Industrial right. and make extra money for the family. I don't care if you think God's told you to do that. And you could just say, well, the Lord has told me. You know, so I yeah. could be speaking to a situation like that. So, um, but at the end of the day, you need to trust God to speak to him and be patient. And uh, 
it should fall into line. Now, if you need to talk to me in detail about that, hey, I got an open door, book an appointment, and we'll talk it through and land on a very specific answer for that situation. True. Um, I, I think you definitely handled it. I think that's probably more the answer that they were looking for, but for, for poots and giggles kind of coming back to the beginning is just to make sure. Poots? What's that? Poots what and giggles? Did I say that? God almighty, man. Um, yeah, that's definitely the cleaned up version. But I didn't even realize that until you said it. I've been a Christian for a long time. I forgot that that's the clean. Okay, so anyway, um, hey, if you're worried about getting hurt at church, don't hear. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I definitely agree with, with Pastor Josh and, and getting to know the details and stuff like that. But also, I want to encourage you to, um, to look at this because it, it definitely sounds like somebody's looking for that answer. But um, my, f my concern with these questions sometimes is you're just really wanting to win an argument. And so I would, I would, uh, every time I would pray about that as well, because, you know, Pastor Josh was taken talking about your role doesn't change. And I think that what we seem to think is, is our roles in marriage. If the other person is not fulfilling their roles, then we'll just take up that role as well. And, um, leads to a lot of issues men be better <laughs> yeah yeah be better yeah. i could say that i am one you can be better um, i'm getting better i'm trying every day you can do it too get better and stop making your wife take over the role in the house and then women love your husbands and be patient with them i think this is more of an echo than Pastor Josh, because what I see is, is our, our women love to get on fire for God and then just expect the men to be right there. And so there's no patience and they'll start to push them away. And I can just tell you, coming from a dude and our personalities, if we don't already love God, that is not gonna help us do so. And so pray, and like Pastor Josh said, trust the process. Sorry, that's not what I was going to say, but then I just went off on a weird thing. Okay. Um, I think it's You had I, me worried when you started with the pooch stuff. Well, I think that's you, probably you were, what got me is when I you cussed. Saved it. You when saved I cussed it, in church, uh, I think that's what it was. Um, okay, so how do we decide who's in the roles they're in at our church, and how does one grow in the church? I love that one. It, once a year, we have a sports competition. Yeah. Horseshoes, yeah. it's basketball, um, it's, it's a time it, in the 40, and yeah, something time, else. Um, what was it? Last year, last year, we couldn't do what we did last year because it was literally just just standing in the hottest part of the day for as long as you can. Yeah, that was That's what we one. did last year. That was awful. That was a tough one. Um, actually, I got fired last year because of it, um, and so that's where I was the first part. Yep. Um, and so we're not going to do that. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, death fights, a lot that of was, death fights. That was about seventy seconds of pure baloney. So, uh, how do we? What was the question? My how gosh, do we, we decide? So how do we decide who's in the roles they're in at our church, and how does one grow in the church? Pray a lot. That's a big thing um, for me. Praying a lot, hearing from God on Th who. This is answering the first question. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how we pick. Um, also watch people, see what kind of fruit they're displaying, um, see what giftings they're displaying, figure out who goes where. Because, you know, you, you get the people in the right seat on the bus, and the bus goes a lot better. And so that's what you want to do. You put people where they're going to thrive. Um, and then how you get involved. Uh, there's a, the first steps class that you can go to, I think, to start that process. Um, Emily does a great job teaching that, by the way. If you have not been in the first step class we have here on Sundays at 945, you need to talk to Miss Emily and get signed up for that. It's a great class to go through to just get the foundations of faith, and uh, it, it's, it's, it's a really good one. Um, so if we do that, and then what, what else do we do, man? Elevate's a great place to go to get plugged in. Yeah, Elevate's a good place. Um, how, how does one, so talking about discipleship and kind of getting plugged into the church, those are definitely good things. Um, 
to kind of take it a step further, if you're a leader and you're kind of like wondering like, how can I get more involved or, or maybe you're looking at like you're feeling a call towards something, yep. um, then, then first of all, pray about it and, and talk to us. Yeah. But, uh, if you're not yet involved and you're like wondering how to get involved and, and like what the process is or, or, or stuff like that, I will tell you serving there is not if there is something here at our church come and serve because that is going to get you the best i i think first of all it does something to us it, it does when we're serving people and doing what god's created us to do it does something to us it enables us to work in our giftings and our callings yeah. and and also you know again we just we watch we watch the church that's as pastors that's what we do we watch you guys and and we adjust things on our end as we need to and and stuff like that a little peek behind the the curtain and to so to kind of tell y'all a little bit more of the roles and a little bit more specifically um a lot of us kind of knew a role and then we we also saw the the person does that make sense but i'll use the back to school as a bash for an example because i put together the leadership team there every person that i had doing something i saw them beforehand when i was thinking about this event and i could see how y'all would flow in that and so that's kind of the way my mind works and so like those of y'all that were in here loving on the kids, I'm like, I know they're gonna just out of the park. And so yeah. I talked to y'all about this. I knew that the, the people out in registration, I knew that they were gonna be okay handling the, the mass of information that was gonna come. I knew that, you know, and, and just stuff like that. And then there's people that I put in places of stuff because I knew they were better than me at it. And so we, all this stuff goes into it, but, but ultimately a lot of the times too, you'll start to see it. Can I just be honest? Cause when we start to see something in, in you guys and start to get you involved and, and really start going after, which we do that for all of our people. Cause we believe God has a calling on all of us, but there's a, you'll probably sense it. A, a lot before we come to you like it it, yeah. it always seems to fall in place i'm always a big fan of see a need meet a need yeah you know what i mean if you see something step up volunteer to get it done yeah um but yeah if you want to take that next step talk to us we got a great process in place come talk to me about it for the sake of time and we'll yeah yeah you, great we'll get you in yeah for sure okay which creature of the apocalypse from the revolution uh br sorry w yeah which creature of the apocalypse from Revelation would you least like to run across if you were here on earth on the end of days? Oh, my gosh. Uh, which creature? Oh, my Lord. There's so I tell you what, I'll just stay away from those four horsemen. Yeah. I'll stay away from all that. It gets nasty when those guys start riding. Um, yeah, when, when, uh, when the bowls start getting poured out, God's wrath, it gets nasty. So I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll give you mine. I'm going to be a little candid. Uh, it has nothing to do with creatures. If I'm still here, I'm scared about groceries. I love to eat. Somebody's getting a stamp. Right. Somebody's yeah, getting a stamp. Go. I'm just saying. Um, and then uh, as far uh, also, <laughs> sorry, um, I, I'm not going to lie. There's some there's some creatures in heaven that I, I wouldn't want to run into sometimes. Man, <laughs> for real though, the, I don't the like eyeballs. That are like flying I don't like eyeballs. The, the throne yeah. room with all yeah. the eyes yeah. and the wings and the man. Yeah. I, so yeah. so that's kind of funny. I, I am really being funny on that. But um, when I read all that kind of stuff, I'm like, you know what? Maybe it'll be different then. Maybe it'll be different. But I'm just ready. I'm ready to meet Jesus. Like kid, leave leave your puppy with the eyes. I don't need it. So. Uh, but I'm scared of every animal with eyes. <laughs> um, this is a good every one. Every animal with eyes? <laughs> I was waiting. I'm just like. Can someone who has never heard of Jesus go to heaven? Someone who has never, never heard, heard of yeah, Jesus? Never heard. Uh, to scripture? No. Yeah. Um. That is true. According to scripture, no. Um, 
Scripture. I see, I see a lot of crazy looks coming at me. Yeah. All right, listen. There you go. I'll Come you. talk to me later about that if I'm messing with your theology. Yeah. What does the Bible say? In order to be saved, you have to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, right? Um, and that he also came back from the dead, that he is your Lord and Savior. Now, Old Testament, people went to paradise. Jesus went to preach to those people when he was dead and gave them that gospel. That was then. Jesus has died. We're in the New Testament now. Um, so that's one of those. You, we could just dance around the Bible a little bit. Short answer at the end of the day, you're going to land on the fact that um, they need to, to hear about Jesus. They need to believe on the name of Jesus to be saved. Um, that's why Jesus came and died for them. That's why it's important for us to preach the good news and yeah. share the gospel. Every opportunity we have might be the only Jesus that some of those people see. Amen. You know what I mean? So it's very important. Yeah. So That's why I also don't love the hurt in church question because that's why the church is here to make sure there is no people that's never heard of Jesus. Um, and, uh, somewhere along the lines, we have become way more worried about the church being for us, good old fashioned safe folks. than we have anybody that's outside of the church or, or anything like that. And so, um, yeah, that's why I'm not a super fan of that question. Um, but that's yeah. our calling as the church. And that's why, you know, you have a calling. Can, I have a calling. It can either be like a legit question or a trap kind of question. Yeah. So, because it makes you look bad if you answer it right. But Bible's yeah. the Bible. So, yeah. yeah. True. Um, I I also just think God has a plan, and He's smart enough to not just forget a whole bunch of people in His plan of forgiveness for yeah. the world. Yeah, that question so. does, does assume that God doesn't give each person an opportunity yeah. to receive, and Scripture's pretty clear on that, too, that yeah. we do have that opportunity. So. We will have that opportunity. So. Yeah. Okay, um, let's see. <laughs> I don't know if we want to do that one yet. Um, there's some funny ones I'm trying to skip over. There's a lot here, guys, so bear with me. How do you educate teach godly living and serving Jesus to kids in the current education system if homeschool or Christian schools are not a viable option. Can I say something? Most of the time, Christian schools are for the kids that got kicked out of public school. So don't let that be your it's litmus funny. test. So uh, Right. Okay, here's a short answer to that. My Lord, that could be two sermons, uh, two weeks worth of messages right there just on, on helping equip parents to, uh, to raise their children. So here's the deal. Okay, at the end of the day, as the parent, you have to make sure that you have more influence in your child's life than the school does. It, that means you have got to spend time with them and have paid the price to lay the foundation of communication and trust, and you're also modeling this Bible-believing stuff that you say you believe in. If the kids see the contradiction in that, and then they see the public schools that have them for you know several hours a day, you've got to make sure you're spending time with your kids to balance that out. Uh, our kids' ministry is awesome, but it's yeah. here to complement what you are yeah. already doing as a parent to pour into your children. Student ministry is the same thing. You have to do your job. You have to do your job and you will put your child in a much better position to be able to see through the baloney that sometimes gets pushed in the agenda of the public school system. So, yeah. That's true. Also, watch yeah. what they get into because it's not just the schools. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, I won't even tell this story up here, but yeah. You, Just you, watch. Yeah, watch you what your kids, you can't let them watch kids' shows. You can't shows, be passive hardly, raising, so. raising you your kids. It's like, I talk to some parents and they're like, well, we didn't come to, to church today because the kids didn't want to go and I didn't want to make them go. Man, what other decisions do you let the kids make in your house? <laughs> well, the kids didn't want you to go to work that day, so you stayed home from work. Wait, the is kids, that an option? The kids didn't want to school, going to go to school that day. So, yeah. man, you, even, even the public school system has got that figured out because your kids can't miss but so many days of the school year, you know. So they're helping parents. You cannot be passive, man. Be the parent. Safeguard what your kid's exposed to and be the better influence and point them towards Jesus. So. It's also going to help you. I'll just be honest with you. More you like kind of pour in and the more you're there, the, the, the more 
you're involved with your kids and it's just different like yeah. it's different it, it'll help you out okay um <laughs> why should we get married instead of just being in a relationship i'll take this one i wanted to oh i got something too so. i wanted to make babies um it got quiet in here if you don't know the process of that um, or that I have kids or that I'm married all of that stuff has happened and that's why I got married I love my wife and I would date my wife right now but you know what I like being married to my wife and there's a lot of other stuff that comes with that but you know I mean their relationships are not supposed to be marriage and they're not supposed to really even it's it's different I'm not going I'm not gonna open it up but anyway that's mine. That's mine. I loved my wife. I, I knew, you know, when, when we met, I was like, you know, I'm done. Yeah. I'm good. This is it. Sign me up. I didn't need uh, for, you know, and so maybe it's a thing where I just, I didn't need that anymore. You know, I didn't need any other option. I didn't need to keep my, keep my things available. I knew. And so I was like, Hey, I'm going to get married. And, you know, um, we even, some of y'all don't know my story. I've, I've told a little bit, but we even eloped before we get, got married so that she could move on in when her apartment got, got, you know, her lease went up. And so we were like, listen, let's, let's go. And yeah, yeah, Terry's back there like, you know, yeah. So um, it's better to to go ahead and not burn with lust, right? So that's me. Well, yeah. Okay. Jo Pastor Josh so is going to clean this up a lot. So why not? That's funny. So why not just keep dating? Why do you have to go through the trouble of getting married? So the question, I guess, is why can't you just be in a relationship, have all the benefits without taking the jump to marriage? Um, well, that's convenient because that lets you easily get out of that relationship with all the benefits any time that you want to, right? It's pretty selfish if you ask me. You never get to give the benefits back, though. But um, so, so scripturally, here's this, all right? Um, God intended for the ultimate expression of relationship between the man and the woman to be marriage, the first institution that God established. Um, beyond that, it is a covenant that God established that we can step into with one another. Um, our marriages, according to Ephesians 5, are mirror reflections of the relationship between Christ and his church. So marriage exists for multiple purposes. One, um, the union of two together, that high level of commitment. Um, the institution that God established clearly make penultimate um, commitment to one another through that covenant of marriage and that our marriages reflect the relationship between Jesus and his church. That the husband and wife take very specific roles in the relationship equal to each other but mutually submissive in that way reflecting the relationship of the Godhead to one another. Um, The real question here is this. Why do I have to why does the Bible say I have to get married to have sex? Probably what the real question is. Um, the only way you can jump into that level of intimacy scripturally is through marriage. For the reasons mentioned. But for practical reasons too. I mean, how many of you think God loves you? So, a loving father, do you think he wants to just make a bunch of rules to be mean to his children or to protect his children? Protect. Protect his children, absolutely. So, sex exists inside the marriage only, scripturally, to protect us. I'll give you one example. I use this a lot around here. One in three. One in three people today are walking around with an STD. Okay, if you wanted to protect your children from contracting some stuff that ointment don't fix, um, you would say, hey, let's keep it with one person. Okay, that would be one thing. Um, the Bible is pretty clear, too, all right, that sexual immorality, sexual sin, that's any kind of sexual behavior that is outside of the covenant of marriage, that's sin. That's sin. Okay, so why is marriage necessary? Why can't you just continue in a relationship? It's because you have to be under that covenant in, in that relationship 
in that marriage to scripturally be correct in that level of intimacy in your relationship. Uh, man, you can just spend all day on this, but here's the deal. Okay, at the end of the day, if you are dating somebody and living with them and you're not married and you're engaged in sexual activity, that's sin. Okay, if you are engaged with somebody, uh, whether you're living with them or not, and you're engaged in sexual activity, that is sin. That is sin. Okay, so this is why you get married. Okay, so you're not committing sin against the Lord. All right, so you step into that marriage. Everything's legal then, and it's covered under that covenant. Um, but you don't, you don't get, you don't get uh, the milk for free, as, as, it, as you say. You've got to buy the cow. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so pr- pretty much gotta, what I you said. You've got to buy the cow. So, so why, why can't, why, yeah, that's why God has a plan with it. You participate in his plan. And here's the deal, man, whether, regardless of what your opinion is on it, I know culture says something completely different today about it. Um, God doesn't change his mind on that stuff. And listen, willful sin will send you to hell, even if you're sitting in church. Even if you're sitting in church. Okay? You can sing as pretty as you want to. And, and I, love, I love everybody here. I love everybody watching online. But I'm telling you, the Bible says, actually, in, in a passage of Scripture, that if we willfully choose to keep on sinning after we've come into the knowledge of the truth, that there is no sacrifice for sins left, only a fearful expectation of judgment. That's sobering. You know what I mean? Um, so participate the Lord's way. That's why you get into that covenant of marriage. Protects you from a lot of that temptation. Okay, so you can date and be pure, and that's awesome, but you can't go progressively into the full level of intimacy in a relationship outside of marriage. So. Sweet. Um, yeah, so that kind of, you kind of answered a couple of questions there. Um, there's kind of, they're kind of in the same vein where there's one that's like, um, can you live together if you're not married? And then there's. Oh, that's so dumb. And then there's another one. Let me find it. Sorry. So dumb. Even if you're not having sex and you're living together um, and dating, that is such a bad situation to be in. So much temptation. So much temptation. Um, I, I have personally not ever seen a relationship that let that happen continue successfully. It's always ended um, or it's become incredibly complicated. And just, yeah, you just never want to do that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to a bad situation or it's going to lead to sin every time. Yeah. The Bible says avoid the, peer, the appearance of evil. So even if you're shacking up and you're not doing anything and y'all are just praying on different sides of the house and everything's awesome, that's the appearance of evil, though. People are going to see those two cars in the driveway at the same time, and that's going to open up a lot, of, a lot of bad stuff. So, yeah. Okay. So. Um, let's see. I've got a couple more here. Um, this is a good one. Is it okay for my wife and I to have separate bank accounts? She puts her money in one and I put mine in my account and recently it's bothering me. Wow, that's a really good one. Okay, let's pause for a second. Everybody awake? Yeah. We've been plowing through these questions. We'll make sure everybody's awake here. So, two people married. Yep. Separate bank accounts and it's starting to bother somebody. Listen, I'm just telling you that's a bad formula for a marriage. Yep. Bad formula. So, in Scripture, point of marriage is for two to become one, all right? Um, that's not just on a piece of paper. That's in everything. You're one, all right? I don't think it's wise. I don't think it's wise to have a separation of the money because here's some of the question. Why is the money separated? Yeah. Uh, why is there a lack of trust there? I've seen this. Well, I've got my account, and I chip in a little bit for bills, and she's got her account, and she chips in a little bit for bills, but I don't mess with her money. She doesn't mess with my money. Why? Oh. You know, why? Usually, usually you see that in people that are on their second or third marriage because they had a bad experience. You know what I mean? Um, but I would, I'd advise you, get rid of that. Have one account. If you're going to trust each other, trust each other. I mean, yeah. If you're going to be one, be one, and don't let that pettiness. And honestly, that's that's kind of kind of could be could be selfish, probably. Yeah. So I don't think it's a good scenario. Having fun accounts for each other, just to have throwaway money that's budgeted out of the two incomes that come together. Yeah. And you say out of every 
out of every pay cycle, then we're both going to get 100 bucks to do whatever we want to with. And that's cool because that's responsible and that's budgeting. But to have that separation and avoiding that unity, I think, is a bad thing. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm laughing because um, all I can think about, I'm going to break this for just a second, is uh, I haven't seen this movie, so y'all don't send me emails. But uh, in, the, in the trailer of the new Thor movie, when Thor's like slowly getting in front of Star-Lord, I felt like that's what I was doing, but I, I was just trying to pop my neck and pay attention, but I felt like <laughs> I was slowly trying. So anyway. I'm glad you didn't because you're scared of things with eyes. So yeah, sorry. Sorry that made that. Yeah, so I agree with, with that as far as, as everything. I used to do financial planning. Um, you also do see this a lot in younger married couples, especially because a lot of the time, it, you know, I'm not trying to be weird or, or anything like that, but a lot of the time with younger couples, you're going to see the, the husband is working and the wife is going to stay at home or they do something else there. A lot of the times it tends to be the husband's choice. Trust your wife. Work with your wife. Your wife is there for a good reason. My wife, I was good with money, and she's still been the best thing to happen to me with, with money. And on top of that, guys, I, when you become one, like the budgets and all that, if your wife is just doing the budget or your husband is just doing the budget or vice versa, you're missing out on a lot too because yeah. you know and, and also that feeds insecurities in us that that maybe are unwarranted but at some point I, I think especially when it comes to money we can all get a little weird and if we don't know what's going on then things can can get weird and so that's where a lot of that is birthed out of um but i am all 100 percent. you put it all in one pot and you know if you want to have the separate accounts for fun money but can i also just tell you with that make sure you're coming up with that together because you have a goal and your goal and this goal becomes one goal at some point and you can have your own goals but if it's hurting this one goal then you're going to have issues later on and so you don't want to start feeding this goal at the expense of this one does that make sense and so our finances are the same way. Your, your wife, your husband, and you have a goal that y'all are working towards. Y'all have to come up with the best plan. And there is a whole lot of other issues that have nothing to do with money when you start holding back money from each other. Yeah. Let me just tell you that. Right, we've got time for two more. Yeah, two more. Two Let's ones. do it. Um, I had it. What are your thoughts on global, global warming? Is, it, is that how... Let me try that again. What are your thoughts on global warming? Is that how the world will end? Wow. That's not a quick one. All right, I'll do this quick. Um, global warming is a natural process. We know that. It happens. Uh, Man-made global warming. I, this is my thoughts personally. Okay, so this is not the church's thoughts. You're asking for my thoughts. I think there's not really anything out there that, that supports it. I know there are arguments to say that there is, but I just see tons of scientific data that says it's not founded. Um, do I think that's how the world's going to end? Let me, let me say this. Boy, there's a big push, especially right now in the media, about this. Um, global warming, it's not how the world's going to end. Uh, I will say this, too. People that are, like, people, we're called by God to be good stewards over what he's trusted us with and to be good stewards over the earth. We'd agree on that, right? Mm -hmm. To be good. Uh, good stewards. So don't litter. You know, don't do anything like that. Environmental damage, if you can be conscientious about avoiding that, then do that. But to kick it up to 11, like a lot of people do, I think is, is silly. Because here's what I know. The world is not going to end in 100 years because we did not take good care of the environment. Okay? Uh, we are not going to run out of resources. And, and all that. How do, you, how do you know, Pastor Josh? How do you know? Because I read the Bible. I read the Bible. And I'll just show you one, one thing. All right. So in the book of Revelation, there is something called the tribulation. You know what I'm talking about? Tribulation is a seven-year period of time. At the end of the tribulation, in the book of Revelation, okay, Jesus is going to come back, take out the Antichrist, and the false prophet, 
and he is going to set up his kingdom on earth, okay, Jerusalem on earth, for the millennial reign. That is a thousand years. So that's 1,007 years that we know about already in Scripture that this earth is still going to be here, and we haven't even gotten to that period of time yet. You know what I mean? So don't buy into this junk that says the world's going to, we're, the whole place is going to fall apart, and polar bears aren't going to have a place to live, and, and we're all going to be eating bugs. That, and uh, it's, it's, That's silly. That's silly, okay? Um, economies rise and fall. Wars happen. And you see results of all that stuff. We're walking through that right now. But we know for a fact we still got another 1,007 years left, and we hadn't even gotten to that yet. And God himself is going to destroy this earth, not man. Okay? Book of Revelation, the earth is going to pass away. Heaven itself is going to pass away. God is going to create a new heaven and a new earth, and that's where we're going to spend eternity. So be a good steward, but don't buy into all this baloney. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. All right. Maybe uh, one more. Yeah. So I'm going to do this one. It's kind of seems to be the hot button. We have a lot of questions, guys, if you're not logged on seeing all these. So they're just not obviously going to get answered. But this one, a lot of people have liked and kind of checked out. Hopefully. I think this is a good one. I've been circling it. So I wanted to save it till the end. What type of people are in your church, are sinners welcome, and why? And then they gave the example of addicts, trans, gay, etc. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. What kind of people are in it? All kinds of people. All yes. kinds of people. Uh, man, I, I know testimonies and stories. If I started telling them, people would just, just start blushing. I'm just telling <laughs> you. All, all kinds of people. And that's the way that it should be. The doors be. of this church are open to anybody that wants to walk into this church. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your sexual preference is. I don't care what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter if you come in here hungover, strung out, whatever. Come into this church. We will love you, and we'll let Jesus do his work in your life. And that's what the church is supposed to look like. That's what, that's what it's supposed to look like. So, yeah, all welcome into this church for sure for sure. And we've seen God impact and change a lot of lives. We're going to give you the truth. We're going to give you the love. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do his work. Jesus died for all people. Amen. Amen. If he died for all people, then that means all people can walk in here. As long as they're wanting to receive the word, I think that's a beautiful thing. That's what the church looks like. Um, I'm going to just bookend that real quick, if you don't mind, because yeah. I do want to add something to this. Um, I love that. Everything echoed um the the biggest thing we of, even let georgia fans in this church amen i, I mean, about that but my lord tennessee like, fans you know lord we you have auburn and alabama sitting right here yeah um, I'm saying. so i will say this that here is it off oh no, oh he's pointing at me okay i got you i thought i did something weird i always panic when the sound guys start looking at me i'm like i didn't do anything okay so with with this I do want to take a, a, a couple of seconds and talk about the edge of this question because some, I, I think this is a genuine question, which is why, but there are going to be people that would ask this to kind of get us into a box as well. Um, I will tell you, can I just set us free? And I'm talking to the people that's asking this. If you are living in this lifestyle, addicts, trans, gay, etc., stuff like that, can I be honest? You are more than welcome here. Yeah. This is why the church exists. We live in the South. If you get looked at weird a little bit, just roll with it. We love you, and we will be here to do journey on you, but we haven't always experienced that because we live right here in Douglasville in the South. And see, a lot of the times, that's what happens in a church is more so that we haven't dealt with something. And so when yeah. people come in from outside, they expect us just to hate them. And a lot of the times we fall into that trap. Sometimes it's just our own ignorance. And so at, at this church, you are welcome to come here with, with all of that. But be patient with us too. Amen. Yeah. Will you let us grow too? Will you let us grow with you? Because I think oftentimes those questions are asked to try to get our church out. And I don't know about you, but if I was asking this 
question legitimately to a church would make me feel better if they were like, hey, I'm not perfect. And and so be patient with me too. Yeah. Um, and, and stuff like that. And so that's... <laughs> That's a, you remember? I'm sorry, I'm totally cutting you off. No, you you're good. We had, like, legit a grown man walk into service on Sunday morning in a unicorn onesie. Yes. And we showed him the love of God. Yeah. And it was awesome. Uh, we did uh, an illustrated message one time. I gave, like, little click lights to people yeah. in the service. Like, we're the light of Christ, let your light shine kind of thing. And we cut the lights off, and everybody was, like, shining the light, and it was awesome. And then I look over, and a grown man has got his light stuck in his nose, so he's looking like Rudolph yeah. with a grown-up. We love all kinds of people, for sure. Yeah. We're, all kinds of people, for sure. Yeah. So We're going to do life together. Here. Yep. All right. So we got to do a podcast, man. We talk about it every time we do one of these. We all just right. got to do a podcast. Crazy. It's a lot of different questions, a lot of different a lot of different. uh directions the service went man i tell you what um i hope i hope we have fun we have fun today i like yeah, it have fun some very good questions hey if you have follow-up questions about any of these questions we talked about uh, i know we kind of went through some of them quickly hey, i got an open door and i'd love to explain further with you if i need to um, to show you what the bible says so i'm willing to do that if you asked a question we didn't get to and you really 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 wanted answered hit me up I uh, love to drink some coffee, spend some time with you, um, sit over some some lunch or some dinner, and talk about this stuff, and just help you in your walk with the Lord. At the end of the day, that's what this is all about. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand as we get ready to close this morning. Um, I know, stretching, stretching, stretching. <laughs> uh, I heard things pop in Pastor Jeremy that I'm not sure are supposed to pop when yeah. he got up. It sounded like pop rocks up it was here. Crazy. Um, but yeah, we, we do these services just so we can hit on topics that we don't normally get to. And it also helps us um, to see where you guys are at, too, so we know things we may want to address in the future as, as we go on as a church. What I love about our church is this. Our church loves Jesus. Our church has a heart to reach people. Um, I think we'd all agree that if you come to Eastgate Church, you're not going to find a perfect person but you'll find people that have a heart for a perfect Savior. And all of us have got testimonies that point to the fact that God is still in the miracle-working business. There are people in here that have been healed, restored, brought out of crazy past, brought out of desperation, darkness, and seen God do powerful things in your life. I say all that to remind us of this as we get ready to close. He's answered all these questions. But I think the question we need to focus on the most is a question we can ask the people that we come into contact with. And that is, is Jesus Lord and Savior of your life? You know? And, and making sure that our lifestyle creates a platform that allows us to ask that question without disqualifying ourselves. That same, that same Savior that has impacted us, he died to impact other people. And so I want to encourage you as we go out of here this week, and remember to share the love of Christ with the people you come into contact with. Make sure you're modeling that, talking about what that Savior has done in your heart. Shame on us as a church if we get accustomed to gathering on Sunday to worship a Savior that we don't tell anyone about. You know what I mean? So, so part of what we do in our responsibilities as a church is to carry out that great commission. Now, I know I have said some things today because I know the lifestyles that are represented here. Listen, I just jumped up and dropped a whole bunch of gasoline in your Cheerios for a lot of you today with the answers that we gave. Because Some of these are very specific to situations that you're walking through. Listen, I'd encourage you to land on the truth of the Word of God. I didn't give my opinion such a couple of times, and when I did, I said it was my opinion, but I gave you the truth of the Word of God understand that I love you, that your church loves you, and if some of the truth that we spoke today got up in your business, I'd circle that and pay attention to it and figure out how we can line up with the Word of God. Amen? Amen. All right, so uh, I don't want to hear anybody getting weird. Uh, Pastor Josh said blah, 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 this, and I know he was talking specifically to me. No, I'm answering questions that were asked. Nothing was specific towards you, but I know there's specific situations that this stuff will apply to. Um, so I don't want you to overreact. Let's just apply the word of God. Make sense? Yep. 
Let me pray over you, and we'll get out of here today. Different kind of service, but I thought today was awesome, huh? Be great. So, oh, we got some class. Well, let's give God praise. You guys watching online, uh, I know you might feel a little disconnected on this getting together with me to ask questions. Hey, drop a message um, on our Facebook page, and we'll, we'll figure out how we can set up a phone call maybe, and, and we can uh, work through some of that stuff if you've got some further questions on this stuff. Love you guys. Let's go out of here and reach some people for Jesus. Let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the truth of your word, for all these questions that were asked today, for the discussion that it created Lord, I pray that everything glorifies you today, Father, because that's what we want here. Lord, if we need to change, we need to adjust our lives to line up to your word. Lord, I pray that all of us takes those steps. That we take those steps, Father, because at the end of the day, we're going to stand before you, and your opinion is the one that matters most. We want to make sure that we're pleasing you. So if anything's come to light, if anything's been exposed, Father, if you put your finger on any issue in our lives today, I pray that we all respond correctly to your word and the prompting of your Holy Spirit and that we grow a little bit closer to you and a little bit further away from who we used to be, away from that old lifestyle and into the new one that you're calling us to, to please you and to make you known, Father. We give you glory and we give you praise for this day. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 and amen. One quick thing, don't forget, let's go out to eat lunch together today, all right? So don't get out of here, hang out for a little bit. We're going to gather together and go, but we love y'all. Thank you for being here. Do a big stretch because I know we covered a lot of stuff. We love you. We'll see you next week.